Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. How you doing, brother? We're back. Yeah. Hey. We've got hey, a lawnmower in the background, so sorry if you guys... Mm, these are um, these mics are pretty good. They're dynamic, so they won't pick up too much background noise, hopefully. But hey, hey, we're in the suburbs, so, you know. He hasn't got that much of grass to cut. <laughs> stop soon. It's Monday morning in the suburbs, so, you know, people are mowing their lawns. It's a beautiful day today, too, finally. Bit of sun. <sighs> yeah. Mother's Day... On the weekend, and it happy was happy Mother's Day to everyone, and happy birthday to you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, last Friday, old man now getting old, hey, <laughs> 35. Wow, set the wedding date. Uh, we booked our ceremony and our reception, so we're doing a garden ceremony down in Cronulla. So, how yeah, good's that? All, it's all happening. When's that? End of April next year, Perfect. so like a year. I've got like exactly a year now. Awesome, yeah, how good's that? Hey, and another just a quick dog related news. Dog um, Shout out to my mate Adam, the canine handler at the cops. He had his first little catch on the weekend. He's been he's been injured off for about a year now, and mm-hmm. and you know the dog. Obviously, we talk about every dog needs a job, and mm-hmm. and he. I spoke to him, and he was starting to see the effects of his dog not working. Mm. You know, for a year basically, the dog didn't work. Um, he been training. He they do their training, but it's you it's know the training's training. It's yep. not the same because the dog doesn't get the same access to like. Smelling all the adrenaline and the the fear hormones that and come out of the bad bite. guys. Yeah. Well, not even just the bite, but like because he had a catch on the weekend, it was a, a good track, and then an arrest. There was mm-hmm. no bite, but cool. for the dog to be there while the guy's getting arrested, like mm-hmm. I said, the, the 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 crook is pissing out fear yeah. hormones, and that's a big win for the dog. You yeah, know, he sure. loves that. That's yeah. super reinforcing for him. So How good's that? Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that'd be an exciting job. Huh? That's a no, real no. dog with a real job. Yeah, totally catching baddies. Good's Some that? scumbag bashed his wife and then took off and. They caught him, so perfect. It's a good win. It is a good win. Mm. Love those stories. Um, anything else? No, let's get into it. What All about right. you? What's going Me? on? How's uh, Leo? Leo's good, man. Growing. Two. He's two next month. Yeah, next month. Crazy. Um, this um Thursday I'll be out. Gold Coast, my sister's getting married. Oh, yeah. So that's all happening. So Gold Coast wedding. She's moved up to Queensland. So she's Shit, preparing and, for uh, that. It's a bit touch and go with COVID at the moment. Yeah, I think we're going to be all right. You'll be right, bro. I think we're going to be all right. It was, like, it was a little bit dodgy there last two week. Two cases in New South Wales and everyone's had a shooting. But qu- the Queensland Premier seems to have a real hair trigger on closing the border. So we were, are going to jump. Jump the borders if we have to. Fingers crossed. That's You'll be it. right. You'll be right. We'll Don't cross worry. a few dodgy lakes up in the border somewhere and <laughs> Don't we'll, stress. we'll get through. Um, no, nah, I think we're, we're going to good. But of course, yeah, the family's been stressing about that. Um, work's been good, pretty consistent. And um, I had only one day off yesterday, so back at it today. <laughs> but I'll be ni- it'll be nice to have the five days off um, this week. So besides that, everything's good. Yeah, sweet, bro. I got a f- um, today we got – I wanted to do two topics. I'm going to kind of merge into one. One of them is that whole old school kiss principle. Keep it simple. We'll leave only the other, the last. Keep it simple, out. stupid. That's it. <laughs> we don't need to call anyone stupid, but yeah, um, let's keep our training simple. But also, we want to have the right expectations of our dogs, mm. and I think that's really important. And something that I had that already in mind to listen to, and and I was listening to the Canine Paradigm with Haley and Scott episode like one seventy five the other day, and it was really really cool. And I, and I put it up on my stories. 
I want you guys to listen to that. Anyone who's got a dog who's struggling with reactivity or aggression issues or just any problematic behavior, listen to her story and listen to how she explains um, her experience and everything she's learned along the way and everything. It was really it was really refreshing to hear it and also hopefully it inspires other people not to do anything extra, but it's also about knowing where your dog is so you know where you're heading to and also not expecting the end goal to happen anytime sooner than it has to be mm. um, because as much as we're skilled up and we know stuff, um, you know, one thing I say to my clients all the time is I'm teaching you skills but you're now having to teach your dog skills. Yep. It's like one thing about learning a skill for yourself, learning how to play in basketball or learning to play a piano, but now you're learning those skills and then trying to pass it to the dog and now it's a duo of both of you having to work together and to advance at the same time. And One of you might be having an off day. Every day is different. Especially it's, when you get- It's a living creature. It's not a robot, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the wor- one thing that I do feel bad about is, you know, seeing everyone who gets, you know, purchases a rescue dog and they're trying to do the right thing. And they end up having a dog that's so troubling to work with that it kind of puts a big spanner in the works because you thought, oh, I'm going to get the dog. We're going to live this perfect life. We're going to go on holidays together. We're going to go walking down the markets. And then you have everything opposite to that because of the dog. So that's where setting our expectations Mm -hmm. is really important. You know, the whole Jordan Peterson thing, don't compare you to how um, someone else is today. Compare yourself to how you were yesterday. And you should do the exact same thing with your dog because- if you think your dog should be more than what it is, then you're just doing yourself a disservice and certainly doing the dog a mm. disservice as well. And how we can tie in the keep it simple into all of that is if we overwhelm ourselves with doing too much than what we can, the capabilities of ourselves or our dog, then, you know, we always talk about the dog and how the dog feels and how the dog feels. How about how you feel? If you're not getting your reinforcement for the efforts that you're putting in, mm. why should you continue yeah, doing Yeah, that's what a good doing? point, right? Because we, we're training a dog using like, making the most of like dopamine. But mm-hmm. for us as trainers, particularly like, you know, at the moment I'm teaching shadow the ring toss. Mm-hmm. And so like when he makes progress in that, like that's dopamine for me. Like yes. if he has a really amazing session and I jackpot him, but then it's a jackpot for me exactly. and my brain's like ding, 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 yes. you know? And that's why we say no more one more time because you're chasing your dopamine hit you mm. want. You want that extra rep so you can feel good being selfish, not thinking about the overall bigger picture that's that's occurring. I can always hear Glenn in my head being like, no more one more time. No more one more time. Stop it. Let's end the session. And it was so good when I caught myself the other day when – I think I said this the, the other um, in another episode, but I was, I've been teaching Nookie Middle and I'm not that committed to it. We do it when we do training and that's generally once a day. Mm. And I don't always do the middle with it because I want to keep it fresh. So, the other day I thought – I haven't gotten her to be doing whatever she wants. So, she's sniffing in the park. Normally, I'll just call her to come and then start the training. Where from this time, I thought, let's give this a go. And I I asked for the, the middle command when she was like, you know, 15 meters away from me. And she fucking ran with intensity right between my legs. And I marked it and rewarded her with the ball. And I'm like, that was so good. Let's do it again. I'm like, stop it right there. So, yeah. what I did you was catch I, yourself, eh? I just continued throwing the ball for free for the rest of the sesh. And then the next day, I did the same thing and it was a lot more better. Mm. It was just the same, probably a little bit more intensity. And now, not all the time does she do it because my screw up at the same, because I'm too excited. At the same time, teaching a middle, I'm teaching her to run around me. So, sometimes- Like a lap around your yeah, feet. Mm. Yeah. And then if I'd- And a funny story about that was so Rocky, my first dog back in the days, me and Pierre, one of my mates, both of us had no idea about dog training. We walked down to the park, we had a soccer ball and this was the birth of the around command. Um, And it was one of the first things I taught Ace was every time we go to kick the soccer ball, Rocky would always catch it and it would frustrate both of us because we could never kick the ball far enough for him to chase it. And we're like, fucking what's wrong with your dog? And he's like, just kick the ball, I'll catch it. Mm -hmm. So then we did luring with the ball 
again, with, with this is just us completely winging it. Put the ball in front of his face. We'd ran a circle. Like, we just spun on the spot. He was chasing the ball. At the same time I did that, I'd just kick it. And then I'd, I'd run around and kick it. Then I'd say around and run, and then you run around. And then over time, I'd just give the around command. He'd run around me. When he got to my left-hand side, I'd kick the ball. And then that's how I – and I trained him to do that purely so he didn't catch the ball as soon as I kicked it. It wasn't because I was trying to teach him a trick. So I thought that was really cool to now think of it now. I thought, oh, I'm going to teach Nookie around because it's why not. And that's another thing as well with your training. You should all, the reason why we teach tricks is so we're not doing sit down, say come, sit down, say come, sit it's boring over and over again. It gets boring for everybody. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably at that point now where I want to start teaching a couple of little cool things to Shadow because, totally. yeah, like we've, like nothing's perfect. There's nothing, there's no such thing as a finished dog. I mean, even a finished command generally. Exactly. Like, there's always something you could you add. Proof but, it. Yeah. Um, but like like you were saying, like for my dopamine, I'm like, eh, like I, I mm-hmm. want to like because he knows the ring toss now, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, oh, okay, so like, what's next? Well, I'm always you, chasing. You're not going to take the ring toss everywhere with you. You want to go to the park through the ball for yeah. him. It would be cool for him to do yeah. something like a roll and touch, mm-hmm. and you know, come between my legs and yeah. wave through my like do all these things for extra engagement for you and your dog to keep it um, spicy and exciting. And also, if you ruin a command like touch or whatever, then it's not the the biggest deal so you can now reserve your actual obedience for real life situations and of course still drip feed it within your training but yeah doing the extra um commands is good but yeah so basically with nookie um i'm not at any stage where i have to even make her do any of it so i just do it just for fun and again to keep her enriched but that was a really good opportunity for me to see does she know it from a distance because normally she'll do it in a front position waiting for me to ask her to do it yeah and and also she's expecting my body language so for my leg to move out and yep. my hand gesture for her it's to do the middle become a cue yeah exactly so now i want to do it can i get her to do it without her looking at me and just hearing the verbal marker and i think that was really cool um so how can we tie this in so keeping it simple at first when we say keep it simple, it doesn't mean that training should be like, because not all training is simplistic. Mm-hmm. There are complications to it. So, let's give kind of two examples. So, last week I caught up with Mango. He's like a Sharpe cross staffy thing. Come from like the middle of nowhere. and Cool name. He's cool. <laughs> he's a cool little dog. And he, he's I think one of Larry Crone's dogs is called Mango. I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think, I think he's Grudel is the- Mango. Well, he's definitely got a mango. I've heard him I'm say I'm pretty it. sure it's his Malamore. Oh, is it? There you it go. could be. He's female. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I could be wrong too. Um, so, basically, that dog is like scared of freaking everything. Mm. And the first time I walked into their apartment, it was just barking constantly. He was heap scared, didn't know what to do. Last week on Friday was their third session. And I remember in their session one, because they live in Brighton, very busy mm. environment. And walking down Bay Street is like the busiest part. Yeah. And they said, oh, a goal would be that we can just walk down Bay Street so we can walk along the beach. And that we did on Wednesday night. They have done it a few times, but like six in the morning, that's where they go for their walks. The generally. 2 a.m. club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they don't do that on purpose just because of work, but sure. we did it on like 4.30 on a Friday night. Awesome. So, we walked right past. Was pe- and a few things that I liked, because at session three, I want to be helping less. I want to be giving pointers. And of course, I handle the lead if I have to. Handling the reins over. Yeah, I want to take yeah. less handling. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> what's the point? And um, now I think- she said, because I was there, they felt more comfortable walking down Bay Street at that time, but hopefully I gave them the confidence to start doing more of it. But the thing that I was looking for wasn't the best obedience, was as soon as, so that as we were walking and talking about not to discriminate at this stage, you have to discriminate, right? You're walking down the street and you see someone that you know your dog's going to react to. In this case, it was like a larger, older man who was walking with his strange ass limp um, and he looked different out of everybody else. Mm. And as we walked, she saw that and Mango was about to react and bark. She pulled off to the side, got focused, held the look command while the person walked past, continued walking. And 
the next stimulus that was troubling. So people on scooters, not like the fun scooters, but like, like a yeah, razor scooter, disa- like a disabled. Oh scooter. yeah. Mm-hmm. And as that went past, um, straight away, as soon as he looked at the scooter, he looked back at, at Kiko, and then she rewarded. So. I'm looking at how she and she's a psychologist, so maybe she can kind of pair some oh, that's cool. behaviors as well as yep. everything together. But um, so you're was, like, do you know what classical and opera conditioning? Is? <laughs> and she's like, do you know what it is yeah, exactly? And also, they had been listening to the episode, and mm. and actually, if you're looking on my stories, um, they're the clients that have the April and May calendar and in every single block of the day it's sit oh we're going to work on bed the down oh, wow. the recall and every single yeah, day and awesome. they see it crossed off and i'm like wow and i took photos and now taking photos of putting in stories now i'm going to other clients houses with the exact same sort of calendar so now or the timetable so now things are starting to pick up but you can see how there they took on the simplistic style of training with let's work on obedience loosely walking focus on us then we can work on counter conditioning and desensitization mm-hmm. and the progress that I saw in that on that session, I was so happy to know that we were dealing with other problems, new problems, and um, and that got me really excited that they can break it down. And I walked into that that um, into their room or into their apartment, and Mango was standing there, a bit unsure, and straight away he asked for the bed command because he was like grunting and barking, but like, should I get close to you? And he mm. wants to. You can take food from my hand, but if I if I move my eyebrow, he'll freak out. So, um, a bit edgy. Exactly. Mm. So then Andrew, they can be like, hey, on your bed, just chill out. And everything's starting to come together. Yep. So with dedication, with practice, patience, persistence, and um, finishing on a positive note, you can see that a dog with behavioral issues like him, intense fear, we can start to build that confidence. So rather than giving him a thousand things in the room for us to say, no, 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 no. What do we do? We give him one thing, mm-hmm. one single focus on your yep. bed. Exactly. It's all you got to do. You be on your bed and good things will happen. Exactly. That's all you got to do, bro. Totally. Hey, we, like we went to mum and dad yesterday for uh, Mother's Day and, you know, it, we I've taken the time to generalize the bed command for mm-hmm. Shadow because he doesn't have a bed everywhere. So, mm-hmm. we just use a towel. Mum mm-hmm. puts out a towel, Shadow, on your bed. Mm-hmm. Chill. Worked goes well. to sleep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Five, like he's six months old this week. But yeah. like put him on the bed, it's a mm-hmm. conditioned response. He goes yeah. to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so important. And especially for there. So, because Shadow is not scared, but maybe potentially a little bit annoying if you're yeah. like trying to have dinner and he may, because yeah. he's a young dog, he's yeah. going to try to beg for attention. So, that bed tells him that's where potential good things happen. And then as he gets older and I don't know where you're at now layering in, no, you're not allowed to get off the bed. You, you must stay there. Yeah. And that even works. So, people say don't correct a scared dog or a fearful dog, but that makes no sense. If I've if we've said to Mango bed and then he goes to his bed and he potentially gets his reinforcement mm-hmm. at some stage of being on that bed, when he now breaks position, he can now get corrected for breaking the, correct. De- the bed. A correction makes the dog correct. Exactly. And it's not like- and all He Andrew knows the command. To- He's chosen to break it before yes. being released. Therefore- we can correct him. He exactly. knows the command. He's chosen not to um, comply. We correct him. Exactly. And then from there, all Andrew had to do, didn't even have to put any hands on, just use a bit of spatial pressure, yep. so use his body language, took a step into him. He took a step back onto his bed. He walked back and sat down. Mango stayed there until he got released. And there he How dare you use negative reinforcement on you? Oh, dog. my gosh. I can't believe it. <laughs> Mango exploded into a- Call the RSPCA. Yeah. No, but in that moment there, instead of now Mango focusing so much on me, he can now focus on his owners about doing the right thing. Correct. And then over time, I don't go to his bed. I don't touch him. I don't talk to him. I just let him be. When he got released, he came nice and close to me. I started feeding him from my hand. There was no padding needed. I don't need to touch a dog, but he took some food from me. I started dropping some food around me. I was able to get up, walk around. 
When he got unsure, there was one moment he got a bit unsure of what to do. He walked back onto his bed. He got rewarded. Yeah. And that way, that's his safe spot. Mm. No one messes with him there. And now another thing I thought was really interesting is working, working with dogs in general, but then also owning a dog that is reactive to every single sound that you become vigilant about what's happening around you. If we become too hypervigilant, we become paranoid about, oh, my God, the sound's happening. If we can take away the emotion out of it and go on, the neighbor just closed the door, mark it. And you can tell that they're on this schedule without being burnt out about every sound, but being aware. And that's that's a that's an art that we've all kind of lost because we're so consumed by technology, by our own thoughts, by yep. busy hustle bustle. Mm. And we forgot to be aware of the mm. environment around you. It's yep. crazy. Well, that's one of the best things about, for me anyway, like for having a dog is like, he's taught me a lot more being, a lot more presence yeah. when we're walking him. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm focused on is him and the, and our surroundings. Yep. Because, I don't know, probably because I'm training him. Well, you're more aware of it now. Yeah. As well. And I'm constantly your waiting for things. Exactly. Yep. Waiting for things to mark or to do what you know what I mean? So Exactly. Well, just the other day, I was waiting for my mate to come over. And at 8.30 at night, not many cars pull it out pull into my street. Yeah. It's a quiet street. Yeah. And so, I'm hanging around. Even before Spades alerted me that someone was there, I was in the backyard doing a few things. I heard a car door close. And I just assumed because it was around that time someone was going to come. I already had met my mate at the door before he even got there because I was aware of, well, the car door closed. Yep. What's the odds of it being the neighbors? They're already at home and blah, blah. Yep. And just such subtle little things. It's kind of part of like the, the martial art way of life too is about being aware without being burnt out. And that situational awareness is everything. And that kind of tie into it. So to have good expectations of your dog, you need to have all these skills ready to go because if you're asking, so let's just say, so let's use another example. So Kiki, who's a little Shiba Inu, they got the dog at eight months old, scared, another fearful case, <laughs> scared of everything. Um, standard Shiba or? Standard Shiba. She, mm. No, standard Shibas will bite you. She's not going to bite anybody. Mm. Well, she hasn't anyway. But um, eight months. So what happened was these, my um, clients were going to get a puppy, but one of the puppies died during birth, so then they couldn't give him a puppy they promised, but they gone, hey, you can take one of the dogs we're going to keep, and they gave them Kiki, who was eight months old and never left the property in a farm in the middle of nowhere. So, of course, going to Caring Bar, there's more stuff than in the middle of nowhere is happening, so everything was perplexing, even being inside, random noises of like the stove turning on and all these different stuff would freak her out. Yep. People and uh, She was good with other dogs, but certainly people. Mm. And... um again, talking about dedication, talking about being consistent and being um, all over it, is that they know and you can tell that they know, well, we're only going to work with her compared to how she was yesterday and then we work from there. So, having the right expectations for Kiki rather than going, what's wrong with this dog? Why can't we walk the Espinade already? Mm. And they don't even want to push that. They go, no, we're ready to push the next level when we see that she's ready to be pushed by the to It's cool the to have level. clients like that, eh? Oh, talking about that. Refreshing. At the end of my week, I felt- on top of the world, at the beginning of my week, I saw every asshole that you could, and I'm not going to say what week we're in, so you don't have to think it's you, mm. but so many clients just not doing their homework. I can tell them everything they need to do. Mm. I'm showing them, you got a dog that wants to buy people. And then, so one lady, no names, and I'm not going to tell you the breed of the dog, but a working type of dog. She, I saw session one, flipping, flip, saw a dog back doing flipping. literally yeah. black back flips, and it's been deemed dangerous by the council for four years. Now they want to appeal it, appeal the order, blah, blah. So then an assessment. They want an assessment from me. I need a, for an assessment to be positive. Yeah. It needs to be something that is that I see. I have, this has to be based on my observation. So in session one, I'm like, look, we know we're just doing training here. There's no observation. If 
the whole session went well and I pull spades out and we see a couple of passing dogs and everything's good, then I, I can write an assessment on that. But they failed the assessment the moment I walked into the door anyway. Yeah. And um, so session two, this is the lies that I heard. Oh, no, Panos, so much better walking. That was true, but much better walking because mm-hmm. the dog was on a harness before. Now we trained him how to use a, the training collar, the martingale collar, and much nicer walker. Oh, no, he doesn't react to dogs anymore. Actually, Panos, he wants to play with all the dogs now. I'm like, oh, from like wanting to bite them to now in three weeks wanting to play with every dog. I thought, and I said to him up front, like, I don't know. If that was, if that's true, I'm so happy for you guys, but I don't know if that's Show true. Show me the dog. So, we, um, I pulled spades out. There was not much of a reaction actually because he's pretty chill. Then I got Tyson, my neighbor's dog out. Um, like he's like a Rottweiler Husky cross. As soon as he saw Tyson, there was a f- dust storm. There was a Tasmanian devil come alive. <laughs> then I pulled Nookie out, the same situation. Mm. And then- and I had to like pull the dog away and show him what to do. And the dog won't take food, really stressed. So there's lots of things that hinder the process for sure. But to but to lie to me, it makes no sense. And then to know not do much of the work and then like everything, half the things that I told them to do, they didn't even want. And I wrote it down for them. So like mm. they just couldn't be bothered doing it or they're busy or whatever. Who's not busy in Sydney? To say you're busy is like, it just annoys me because yeah. I walk my dogs at 10.30 at night. Literally. It's hard, right? Like I can see- I mean, if I was in a situation where I had a dog that's, you know, wearing one of those dangerous dog collars, that's kind of a different thing. But, like, for me, like, I guess, you know, you're on the clock. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they don't necessarily do – it's, like, ultimately, it it makes no difference to me whether they – like, I would like for them to do mm-hmm. – to follow up and do the mm-hmm. homework. That's cool. But, like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah. Like. It's your money, man, and it's your dog. The only thing if that you we- don't want to like follow through, well, that's on you. Sense, it doesn't yeah. really affect me. Well, this is how I, and I wouldn't say I was triggered, but I was like, oh, that's annoying. When you messaged me saying, oh, I saw one of your clients when I was working the dog in the park. Oh, the follow up for that. It and wasn't that dog. Too. I got the follow yeah, up. Yeah, it, the other dog. It was the, other the, one. The, the the dog that you've been working on was at home. Exactly. Yeah. So um, and when you said, oh, what's up with this dog on a harness, not even listening or not paying attention or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And. And then I'm like, oh, first of all, it sucks because I want anyone that works with me or whatever, I want them to get a good positive experience yeah. from training. And to say that someone's doing, oh, yeah, I train with Panos, but then not doing anything that I've told you to do. And you got a large dog on a harness pulling. It you turned out that it was, we were mistaken. I was mistaken because I didn't know the full story. Like, it wasn't that dog. Exactly. She has two dogs. She has two. The, the dog you're working was stays at home because she can't take it out. She's still working on it. Yeah. yeah. And and that's when you said, oh, last week a black lab. I'm like, I haven't seen a black yeah, lab sure. in like a month. But And then she messaged me, oh, re-look. So, you had a conversation with her. She was re-look. Um, I had Max out, not Chevy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, well, that, not that it's like, oh, good or bad or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But also, the only thing that I would say is it would be nice if someone were to see you or me and they're gone- yeah, we saw Panos, we saw Luke, and it was a really good experience. Yeah. And look at this. Rather than going, yeah, I saw Panos and we're still here because now is it because of my – and I always blame myself. I think, why hasn't it got better? Did I not teach it right? Did I not do this? Because I'm hard on myself at the best of yeah. days. And also, it's just frustrating that people have to spend money and then not get there what they want, mm. everything else. But in this particular case, I knew they were lying to me because they just want me to think good of their dog so I can just give them a certificate uh, so they can pass. See, now, yeah, that's a very different right? situation. And I'm yeah. like, don't mess with me, man. That's just that, First of all, that's like heaps illegal and stuff to yeah. just forge a official document yeah, yeah. of a report so the council can look at it. But also, 
Who are you kidding? Mm. What expectation do you have of your dog that your dog only walked once a week for all these years and now apparently he wants to play with every dog? That's just either she was telling the truth and she was just misinformed or she was just lying to me. But that's the wrong expectations of your dog. They want and see through language is she just wants – it's either hot or cold. The dog reacts and wants to bite things or he's cool and he wants to play with everybody. And that's how people see a good dog or a bad dog and go, no, man, you need to manage your dog heaps. You need to make sure you set your dog up for success, teach your dog what you want. Then there's many layers to it, mm. which makes it complicated. Hence why today we're going to talk about keeping, keeping it simple. simple, making it digestible little bites of um, training that you can do and don't overwhelm yourself. And one thing that Pat said the other day was cool. Um, Pat Stewart from Operant Canon on his YouTube video or something, he said, if, I think it was like the loose lead walking one. He says, if you're going to yeah, teach yeah. your dog to loose lead walk, don't have a destination in place. Yep. And ha- and I Because then you're on the clock and then the training takes a back backward step. So, what he was saying was like, let's say you're at the learning, learning, you know, the very start of teaching a dog loose leash walk. And it's typically like from what most of what I see, it's like I get there, the dog up until that point has been on a harness. Mm-hmm. So- Definitely like introducing a new collar, regardless of whether it's a martingale. I think that helps because it's a different physical signal to the dog. Sure. Also, the martingale helps because, mm-hmm. you know, we say it's like power steering, right? Mm-hmm. Power steering the dog. But then if you, if the owner, if, like I leave and the, we're still, the dog doesn't know the loose leash walk that well. If you're in a rush, just put it back on the harness. With that, yeah, that's, yeah. Now, I, I only would, I personally only say that to clients when the dog, has never like is like seven months old, never had a collar on, mm. and they're struggling with it. I'm like, keep the harness on. So if you're struggling, just put it back on the harness, go back a step, as you said. Yeah. But mainly is that yeah, if you need to get to the coffee shop, don't let the dog pull to the coffee shop because then you got 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. Just walk your dog when you don't have that anywhere to go. Mm. But because and that's not that's keeping it simple. However, it could be complicated because you're like, well, then when do I walk him if I have to go here? Mm. Like for example, with me, I can meet up with my mate. Do a little stretch session, take my dogs for a walk and do my training. I can do that all in the one yeah. hour. Right. Like, so I want to time management because I've got a lot on my plate. Yeah. But that's because my dogs know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, with, so- and I, for me, like with Shadow, um, I've taught him, I've just, I incorporate just like the, the brake command while we're walking. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give him a break, even on the Martingale or mm-hmm. the Prong or whatever I'm walking him on. I'll let him pull. When he's on, I just say break, and he knows. Mm-hmm. So it's like he, I don't, I don't expect him to heal the whole time. But I'll mm-hmm. put at the moment we're working on inward focus. Mm-hmm. So like I'll heal him past the distraction, mm-hmm. and then I'll give him a break. Okay, yeah. And mm-hmm. we're on the we're on the martingale, the prong, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I let him just have a bit of a sniff in between, mm-hmm. but it's on my terms still. Mm-hmm. But we're still using the one collar. There's, There's a million different ways, right? If you can manage that and make that. Because if I was to tell that to Joe Blow tomorrow, yeah, yeah. then break you, no heel here, break you, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So for me, I like to say, hey, if we're going to do this, let's just show that every single time that dog's on the martingale, you're, 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 you're always next yeah. to me. In the long lead time on the park, that's cool. And if your park's around the corner, that's awesome. You can do a shorter one to the park, whatever. But break down your sessions or your training goals. So have your goals, have your to-do list moving up to those goals, mm. and then have like weekly either a check checklist or whether it's a journal or whatever it is, but have the right expectations. If your dog performed better than he did yesterday, then that's good. Not Don't compare your dog to what you think your old dog did mm. or what his brother's doing mm. that you're watching on Facebook because that all screws everything up. Yeah. And, um, and after a, a year, because like, you know, so for example, I saw a big hunting style dog. I don't know. He's like a mix of everything. Massive cross. And session one, 
he like like man really tough to handle even i was like nearly got pulled off my feet like his his hip his back's higher than my hips uh, so big dog big strong boy. dog right yeah. and has had a bit of tiffs before mm-hmm. so he knows how to fight so to speak well he's been he knows in how confrontations. to use his weight exactly. to get what he wants yeah exactly mm-hmm. and um but then seeing him in session 2 it, like that was on the weekend it wasn't like it was the most perfect thing but when i'm looking at them i progress. say it's great because we've progressed here yep. we've progressed there yep. you can control the dog your dog can focus yep. he will take food out on the walk where before he wouldn't and that's where having that expectations and as a trainer you have to reinforce their efforts that's even right. though they're bummed out going oh yeah because everyone wants the perfect thing yeah right and that happens with any skill building right of course, um, of course it's like when you learn you start learning something draw a line in the sand yep. and then you measure from there perfect because you like, like we're saying you only got to measure against yourself or your mm-hmm. dog yesterday exactly i'm a better dog or i'm a better dog trainer than i was yesterday yes you know exactly and when you walk down the street and you see a dog and you know your dog wants a lunge at them cross the road and then ask for what you want yeah or walk up someone's driveway or if you're at the level walk past them ask the hill and this is where it's know where- your level know yeah. where you're at totally and and yeah like i tell my clients it's like why like we always say set yourself up for success mm-hmm. so if i know the dog's gonna lunge it's no different to me if I just cross the road and just avoid that situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a month's time, we're at a point where we can heal past the distraction. Exactly. But why set yourself up for failure when you could just cross the street? And I tell you, we can get a dog to do everything you want him to do. We just put a lot of pressure, a lot of punishment. Crush him. And yeah, mm-hmm. and just and make him scared of everything. But that doesn't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is in the ones that I've explained, like the first two examples, there was fear problems. And we need to build confidence. Now, saying building confidence is a great thing to say. What does that mean? Yep. Well, we need clarity. The dog needs to have a set of obedience. Um, I think I've said this before. I'm saying it again anyway, where I had a client call me. She goes, I look in session one with disobedient stuff. My dog's aggressive to other dogs. I just want to fix that. Mm. I'm like, I totally understand. And we didn't do much dog on dog stuff in session one because the dog couldn't even walk properly. The dog couldn't even sit on command. Um, and I said to her, I'm like, I totally understand what you're saying. I go, what do you want your dog to do when you walk past a dog? And she goes, I just want him to listen to me. Yeah, this is what we yeah. we, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Focusing I, on what we want, not what we don't want. Exactly. And also not thinking of a dog as something or some problem to be fixed. Exactly. But when I said that to her, well, when she answered me, she goes, I just want him to listen. She goes, oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Framing right. it as a what you want, not what you don't want. Exactly. Yeah. And I said to her, I'm like, we can stop the dog. And the dog ended up biting me because he thought it, I had spades right next to me. And then I went to go like fix his collar and he'd like, Grab me on my arm, on the inside of my arm. It kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. Cocker spaniels can bite hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but anyway, so like there was issues and the dog is really fearful, but we need to teach the dog what we want them to do. And so important, people kind of fail to see that. And then this is, and we've talked everything. Every time I do an episode, I was speaking to someone the other day who's like, hey, that was an awesome episode. Thanks or whatever. And I said, I feel like I repeat myself in every single episode, but either even if I do and if we do, that's good. It means you've got to keep listening to well, right. drill it in. You if need to hear something like- And if you're over us, times. you don't have to listen. Um, <laughs> well, you need to hear something like so many times before it I think that's sort of 16, sinks in, right? 16. right? But, um, but in saying that as well is, so the dog that I saw Saturday evening was, the dog was getting out um, separation-related issues. He figured out a way to get out the, the back fence. And then from there, he'd been getting out like every day for like three weeks or something. A German Shepherd Cross Husky, seven years old. So, went to the backyard. They tried their best to secure it. They probably need to do a bit more securing. Mm-hmm. And but and I was there just to deal with the separation. But the the whole three quarters of the session, the dog is being only getting out once a week, not doing any training. He's got a very high drive. 
really sharp state of mind, really good dog, wants to lunge at other dogs. So I said, let's give this dog a job. Let's work on all the things that need to be done in the background. And then we talk about some management so he can't get out of the house. But if we can keep him busy enough, we don't have to do it. And, he has and, no need to escape. And I feel right? bad explaining mm. this. Uh, this is how I feel bad because people want me to like focus on the problem when we're looking at the solution, which is everything that's not even related to the problem. Well, they're focusing on the symptoms, yeah, possibly, mm-hmm. not necessarily the root cause. Yeah. So you got to go back. Yeah. Like like you're saying. Yeah. Does the dog have a job? Mm-hmm. Is it getting biological fulfillment? Is it getting walked every day? Is mm-hmm. it getting mentally it's like stimulated? Your, it's like your wall. Imagine this wall started like crumbling and falling, and you just keep patching it up with mm. gyprock. And the builder comes and says, "Your foundations it's have rotted. S- yeah, yeah. sunk, so your footings have moved." away from the wall and it's a supporting wall you try to patch up the wall and the house yeah, gonna yeah. fall mm. and it's like with anything right and i actually felt bad while we're doing the training i'm like man we're working on downstays we're working on recall and they didn't get i didn't get much expression from them at first so i thought i think they expected me to be doing something else but then she says and she's oh my god you're like a dog whisperer <laughs> and like and i don't really like it when people call me that no. because they think i'm doing some magic i'm like no i just got good timing and also your dog's pretty obvious you can tell when he's about to break or when he's about to do something good so like you got to catch on the timing reading body language and all that and once they started seeing that set the exact same thing they called me a dog whisperer they were doing the exact same thing three minutes mm. later and they thought this is amazing this is a, a and that's their own yeah. motivation. You, as you well. don't know what you don't know, right? And that's a thing with like a just a like a pet owner until they start to get into training, possibly, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, okay, now I understand it. Yeah, everything seem not everything, but like dog training because when they when dog whisperer starts getting thrown around and like there's businesses even in Sydney, I've seen mm-hmm. websites where they're like, I'm a dog whisperer. And it's like, yeah, okay, man, cool, yeah. but it's like. It's not. It's there's just there's, it just ties too much esotericism to it. It's like, not magic. The there's no magic to it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's look. I do, and this may not be popular. I do believe, like energy works, of course, and of course. we can cultivate energy and chi living, and all that. Living beings, but it's we're still using science, and we're using exactly. timing. Yep. We're using, you know, skills that we that you've built over time, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And even if the energy manipulation. Mm-hmm. of your own body worked let's just say it worked mm. even that you still need the science and the mechanisms of it before mm. you can start utilizing that and i'm not even going to get into that because people probably think i'm way too out there but um when we talk about energy it's just state of mind it's yeah. a state of being and then of course like i've done a bit of qigong and i know i can i can like at, at the end of this i'll fucking put your hand in my hands we can cultivate it we can show you how to do it there is a technique mm. through tai chi and mm-hmm. stuff and that doesn't mean that I can start like pushing dogs away from me and yeah. making dog people yeah, do backflips yeah, yeah. when they try to attack me. I don't know about that, but I do know that if that is a mechanism to be able to control yourself, so then you can control your dog. Well, I think that's where the power. There's is. definitely energy. It's like you know, saying when you got here today, like Shadow's very young still, f- six months. This coming like Friday or Saturday on the fifteenth, um, and we're working on it at the moment. He's very, he gets way too excited when we're greeting. So, we, that's like a big thing we're working on at the moment. So, there's energy, right? Mm-hmm. So, like if I show him and I get my whoever's he, whoever he's meeting to show a calm energy, mm-hmm. then the dog will reflect that. And Rach is a bit guilty of it when she comes home. She ten, tends to be too excited. Psycho. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you do that every time, he's just going to- It's a conditioned response. He'll do exactly. that. He'll greet you that way every mm-hmm. time. So, like show him what you want. Show him yeah. calm energy. Pat him in a- There's a million ways to pat a dog. I can- I can ruffle him up mm-hmm. or I can just gently mm-hmm. just slow and calm. Yep. 
pat him. When Ace and Spades were around the same age, I'd, I'd, I'd ignore them for like five minutes. Yep. I'd come home and they're all psyched. Mm. I put my stuff down. I say hi to mom. I'll go and do this. I even go have a shower or go to the toilet. And then when they're like, ah, oh, he's ignored us, and they go lay down, I get down low. Hey, doing buddies? And they come over and we pat. Um, rather than overexcited. And then, mm. that's another thing of keeping it simple. Why do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? And then that's you keep insanity, right? That's an Einstein line. Exactly, <laughs> right? And then you then scream at your dog for jumping and then he pees on you because he's excited and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah. I guess to wrap up today's one is have the right expectations of your dog. Know where you're at. Know that when it comes to like reactivity, aggression issues, um, fear and confidence building and all of that is that it may take, oh, that was my original point before mm. was with that massive dog is that I told them, let's expect to see some really good results in like, I don't know, three months. You'll start to That's see- a realistic time. Yeah. Timeline. But we'll plateau at three months. Mm. You may not get the most perfect dog that ignores every dog walking mm. past because the moment he wants to lunge and bite them. Where if we can get to a realistic, but you will plateau because if we kept exponential growth, your dog will grow wings and fly, literally. Like it has to plateau somewhere. Otherwise, (laughs) you know, they're not the animal they were, right? No success is linear. That's for us. That's for dogs. Exactly. If the people can see it's, you know, it's- it. It's like looks like a roller coaster. It's mm-hmm. like up, flat, down, up. Exactly. You know, it's not just a straight line up. And it can't be a straight line. Otherwise, there'd be no dog trainers because things would be too easy. Mm. But also, when we do plateau, now you need – that's the most important part of setting expectations because you need to see the most smallest increase. You mark and roar. You have to be aware of your environment, aware of your dog, aware of your technique. And also, you're doing the technique not to stop behavior but to make behavior turn on. And that has to be a mutually exclusive behavior. So, And then once after like a year of training, like for example, Fiona, um, one of my staff, I guess, and her dog um, Pickles, one year ago, we started training and that dog could not walk on the lead, was lunging and had bitten dogs before and was very destructive, et cetera, et cetera. And now she's gone down the rabbit hole of training, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, she's I gone. her. She's, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's yeah. gone right down. But in saying that, look at one year later, with all the work she's done, uh, we're not saying no one said he's perfect. We can't just let him off the lead and go play with dogs, but he's a lot more manageable. He's a lot more trained. He's got so much more skill and- Look at what happened in a year. Now, a year isn't even that long. Actually, in fact, the older you get, when you start having kids, this and that, you're like, oh my God, a year is gone like that. It's crazy. So, if you're busy, the year goes fast and a year isn't that much time, Mm. especially when it comes to making baby steps. So, have the right expectations of your dog. Get to a point where you're seeing more success and keep it up. And Mm. then also have the right expectations of that dog. Because Pickle may not be the dog that you go to the party and let him play with a whole bunch of dogs. Maybe he will. Mm. Maybe he will. Mm. But if he's not, I don't know if Fiona's that bummed out about it. She's like, hey, this is the dog that I have. She has it realistic will- expectations. Yeah, it's not the dog yeah. that I wanted, but it's the dog that I have. And mm-hmm. look at and one thing we're speaking about the other day is look how much I've grown and developed in this time. What has the dog taught me? Because mm-hmm. we do attract things in our life, not because we necessarily want them, but because we need them. And I think I think yeah. a good analogy is like when you're going up um, let's say like a staircase. How do you get up a staircase? It's one step at a time. Yeah. And then you turn around and you look and you're at the top of the staircase or even halfway up and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, I've come pretty far. Yeah. But when you're going up, it looks like a long way up and each step doesn't seem like that much progress. Yeah. But you only get up there one step at a time. Hence why you should be monthly- Writing Goals. down where you're at. Mm. Write your journal so you can look back on it and go, oh, my God, in the last three months, look how far I've made it. Because mm. it doesn't look like anything back then. So, mm. um, all recording recording Some yourself. Sort of, yeah, I think that's record. really important. Um, so, that's us for now. Awesome. Thank that's you guys for listening. Eh? Another episode. Thanks, yeah. guys. You know what to do. See you next time. Bye.